Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, it was a year ago today that I came back to Afternoon Drive, and a big part of the reason why was because I love the breaking news in the afternoon. I love it. It fires me up. Well, today is an affirmation of that for sure, because right now as we speak, the House of Representatives is debating whether or not to fire Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House of Representatives. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here on a Tuesday, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Florida Congressman Matt Gates is speaking right now saying we cannot trust Speaker McCarthy's word. Uh, here's let me, We're going to jump in and out of this today. I don't know how long this is going to go. But basically, there's a mo- there are two motions on the floor. One is to vacate the speaker's chair. So essentially, then there'd be no speaker. And the second one is to table that motion. And there was a voice vote, which sounded very much like the, the eyes had it to table the motion. And then they called the roll call. And in the middle of that now, there are, there are speeches going on. So you've got the pro-McCarthy faction speaking to try to save him, and then the anti-McCarthy faction led by Gates trying to oust him. At issue here is a question of whether or not Kevin McCarthy uh, is capable of keeping his word. Kevin McCarthy is not capable of keeping his word. Kevin McCarthy is a liar. Kevin McCarthy is a guy who is part of the uniparty pro-Fund Ukraine caucus, and he kept the government open, but Republicans got absolutely... Nothing out of it, as Congressman Byron Donalds said. However, that said, ousting a speaker is not easy because the speaker controls everything. And there's an old saying in life, if you're going to take a shot at the king, you better not miss. Well, the speaker, for all intents and purposes, is, is the king in that scenario. He decides the committee assignments. He decides uh, who's the chair of the committees, all of it. And what bills are brought up to the floor and what bills die a, a, a long and painful death. So if you're going to go up against the speaker, you better not miss. However, Kevin McCarthy, it's such a slim, slim majority. It took 15 rounds before he became speaker, which disappointed me that he became speaker. And so even if he survives this, he's still going to be very politically wounded because there's a number of people in his caucus who cannot stand the guy. 
They just cannot stand the guy. So that's where we are right now. Tom Emmer, who's the House Majority Whip, is speaking on the floor right now. And he is going on about all the things that Kevin McCarthy has done. Uh, McCarthy himself has his surrogates who are speaking. And then Matt Gates is leading the fight. I, I, it's hard to predict. But at this point, it looks like McCarthy survives this. But only by the, 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 the hair of his, of his chinny chin chin. Only by maybe a vote or two. And that may not mean that he survives going forward. It just means he may survive today. But uh, there are a lot of Republicans who are very angry with the decision to keep the House government, the, the House, op- the, the government open because of the fact of the Ukraine funding. Because that's what the Democrats and the Uniparty of the Republicans, McConnell, Biden, et cetera, that's what they demanded. Ukraine funding. Above all else, Ukraine funding. And the Republican primary voters. Republican voters, day-to-day voters, are sick of it. They don't want it anymore. They're tired of it. And so this is what has led to this moment right now. It is that they feel that Kevin McCarthy did not push back. Let's jump in here for a minute and listen to Matt Gates from Florida speaking. Failed to meet those commitments, and that's why we are here. I reserve. Gentlemen, reserve this time. Gentleman from Oklahoma, Mr. Cole. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. I yield three minutes to my very good friend, Mr. Jordan of Ohio. Gentleman from Ohio is recognized for three minutes. I thank the gentleman for yielding. On January 3rd, we said the 118th Congress is about three things. Pass the bills that need passed, do the oversight work that needs to be done, and stop the inevitable omnibus that comes from the United States Senate right before the holidays. Kevin McCarthy has been rock solid on all three. We have passed the bills we told the American people we would pass. 87,000 IRS agents, that bill, that bill passed. Parents' Bill of Rights, that bill passed. Energy legislation passed. Border security, immigration enforcement legislation, the strongest bill ever to pass the Congress, passed earlier this year. We have done what we told them we were going to do. We can't help but the Senate won't take up those good common sense bills. They'll have to answer to the American people come Election Day. Oversight. We have done the oversight that we're supposed to do. Because of our oversight, we know that parents were targeted by the Department of Justice. Because of our oversight, we know that 51 former intel officials misled the country weeks before the most important election we have. And because of our oversight, the Disinformation Governance Board at the Department of Homeland Security is gone. Because of our oversight, the memo attacking pro-life Catholics has been rescinded. Because of our oversight, unannounced visits to Americans' home by the Internal Revenue Service has stopped. That happened under Speaker McCarthy. And on the third one, on this side, of the, we know there's a big old ugly bill coming at the end of the year. All kinds of spending, all kinds of garbage in it. We're still in that fight. Frankly, to Matt's point, we don't know how that one's going to shake out. But we do know this, we do know this, on Saturday, we didn't take the Senate's bill. They tried to send over and shove it down our throats on Saturday. We didn't take that bill. And it was a tough position he was in. There were five options on the table last week. Option one was to send a long-term CR over there. That would have leveraged the 1% cut, something a bunch of us voted for, both parties. Couldn't get the votes for that one. Second option was to focus on the one issue the country now is completely focused on, the border issue. We couldn't get the votes for that one either. But when the Senate tried to send us that bill, he said no to it. I think the Speaker has kept his word. I know my colleagues and friends are saying different. I think he has kept his word on those three things that we talked about on January 3rd, frankly, that entire week. He has kept his word. I think we should keep him as Speaker. I yield back.
Gentleman from Florida is recognized. Yeah, the, the problem with my friend from Ohio's uh, argument is that many of the bills he referenced as having passed are not law. We are on a fast track to an omnibus bill, and it is difficult to champion oversight when House Republicans haven't even sent a subpoena to Hunter Biden. So it's hard to make the argument that oversight is the reason to continue when it sort of looks like failure theater. I yield such time as you may consume to my colleague from Arizona, Mr. Bates. Gentleman from Arizona is recognized. How much time? What he con consumes. So much as he may consume. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. This is a serious time. And my, my mind immediately goes to the young deputy from Cochise County, who two nights ago, while trying to apprehend a runaway vehicle smuggling humans across the border, suffered major injuries, transported to Pima County, where he's in a Tucson hospital fighting for his life. I'm talking about a border that remains wide open, where drugs come through, the Tucson sector, the most gotaways known and unknown of any sector along the border. Terrorists coming in. People conducting criminal conduct coming in, criminal gang members, human smugglers, sex traffickers. They're coming across our border to the tune of hundreds of thousands every month. Now, I appreciate my colleagues and their position, but I would suggest something. I don't think you can just skip to last weekend and say, oh my goodness, a CR came out last weekend on Saturday. I think we need to go back to January. I'll say this. This, this is Andy Biggs from Arizona. On the Republican side, and we passed a good border security piece of legislation, H.R. 2. That's good. And then last week we passed the DHS bill and the DOD bills which had funding for our CBP, ICE, military leaders, military men and women. But why did we, why were we successful in doing that? What happened to motivate us to get there? Well, for one thing, we didn't bother to pass the 12 appropriations bills as required under the budget control and impounds law of 1974. We didn't do it. And you know how many times that's not been done? 25 years in a row. And you know how many CRs this body has passed in that same period of time? 130. You know what that gets you? A two trillion plus uh, uh, structural deficit like we had in fiscal year 23. You know what that leads you to? a $33 trillion national debt, which is where we sit today. Leads you to somewhere north of $700 billion in interest payments. And you know why that happened? Because this body is entrenched in a suboptimal path and refuses to leave it. Refuses to leave that path. You cannot change if you're unwilling to change. We had every opportunity to change. We were promised change. 
We were promised we were going to go ahead and we were going to get those 12 bills done. And if we got those 12 bills done, do you know why you do 12 bills? Because it allows you to reduce spending, get rid of wasteful, duplicative programs. It allows you to set an agenda to restore fiscal sanity. We chose to not do it again. We were promised we'd do it. That's why at the end, some people said, we'll vote present. We'll go ahead. We're going to put our trust in Mr. McCarthy to become the speaker. That didn't happen. I suspected that would be the case. That was my struggle. That was my struggle last November and December. I iterated it to this body, our conference anyway. When we got to the debt ceiling, again, that seemed to spring upon everybody like a surprise. And when that happened, I was in there for some of those negotiations on where that number would be. And I was astonished how that 1.5 trillion number was negotiated. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But I will tell you this. To his credit, the speaker told us one thing that I believe to be true. He said that that's basically the ante in a poker game. He can sit down at the table. And I told my colleagues who supported that, that $1.5 trillion in eight months that you're willing to raise the debt ceiling, that's the opening marker. And indeed it was. And now projections are many trillion dollars above that. Yes. I think it's time to, con to make a change. I'm not the only one. And that's it's somber. Thus it is somber. But what have we failed to accomplish? Why, why didn't we get this stuff done? When we're, when we're campaigning, we're talking about an extension of the debt ceiling to January of 2025. We're talking about additional Ukraine funding. Is that going to be, maybe that's good in your districts. Maybe it's not. Ukraine funding is a big part of this right now. But that big part not of this. offset. We're not paying for it. We haven't designated how we're going to pay for that. The same with the disaster package. The IRS remains 80% increased. And I would tell you, I, could get, I, will go, I could go down the list, but I will just tell you why this happens. When you don't do your 12 budget bills, and you rely ultimately on a CR, and I'll get to the calendar in a second, what happens is you cannot leverage this administration to actually enforce the border laws that you need to have enforced. This is a lawless Biden regime. They will not enforce border laws. And we can pass them till we're blue in the face. But until you leverage the budget and the spending, you will not see enforcement by, these, by this, this administration. So now take a look at the calendar that, the, that we were just provided last week. We're supposed, to finish, we're supposed to finish by November 3rd our 12 bills. By November 17th, that's when we're supposed to see that the conference committees have come together, both sides, and we've resolved this. 
I don't believe that that's going to happen. It wasn't going to happen before. You were, you were betting on the come again. At some point, I'd urge you to stop betting on the come and bet on the reality. That's why I can't support the speaker any longer. I'll be uh, voting for the motion to vacate. Yield back. Reserve. Gentleman yields back his time. Gentleman from Florida. Reserve. Reserves. Members are advised to direct your comments to the chair, please. Gentleman from Oklahoma. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, I yield two minutes to my very good friend from Arkansas, Mr. Westerman. Gentleman from Arkansas, Mr. Westerman is recognized for two minutes. SELA. S-E-L-A-H. SELA. This unique word scattered throughout the Psalms signals to the reader to pause, reflect, consider, and maybe take a deep breath before moving on. Psalmists use Selah to emphasize the significance of a statement. For example, King David wrote, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden, the God who is our All right, so salvation. as this continues, we'll, we'll jump in, we'll jump out, we'll, uh, we'll take advantage of, obviously, this incredible historic uh, vote that's happening before our eyes right now. Let me just tell you, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, the biggest thing here is, is, well, two issues, but it really comes down to the same thing. It's, it's the border, and it's the fact that the Republicans have chosen to put Ukraine's border ahead of our own border. And I remember I shared that article with you yesterday from Washington Examiner how Republican primary voters are completely out, out of sync with where the Republican voter, Republican elected congressmen are in terms of the Republicans in the House and the Senate. They're all in on Ukraine. And Republican primary voters are saying enough is enough. Because they might have said early on, you know, yeah, we got to stop Russia. It's very obvious now we're not stopping Russia. This is going to cost whatever it takes we're told that's all we know there's no price limit there's no timeline and it's not going to stop russia so we've already spent 125 billion dollars russia is not being stopped and we're going to have to spend god only knows what else plus at the very same time this is all happening our border is wide open it's a freaking disaster down there and nobody seems to care and the republicans as usual got nothing they got nothing in this latest go around so who the hell cares that the government's open who cares if we get nothing what is the point what is the point and you got mcconnell in the senate and chuck schumer they're basically the same person and then you have all these neocon republicans in the house who just think that it's 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 1985 again and we just got to beat up the bad guy russia and so the average republican primary voter look at who's winning the republican primary now by 50 points the guy who wants to get us out of ukraine donald trump look at the guy who's in second place although it's not close but ron DeSantis, who said the other night at the debate we got to get out of this war in ukraine then all the people that want to stay in ukraine chris christie tim scott nikki haley they're all mike pence they're all hanging on by a thread although haley now is becoming the new favorite because DeSantis can't get it done she she'll keep everybody in 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 a state of perpetual war so that's that's where we are right now that's what's happening uh, underway in this battle over this this vote to oust mccarthy is speaker mccarthy's a liar you know who said that not even a real conservative but a libertarian years ago named justin amash who just you know justin amash had i mean he's he's an anti-trump guy but he's a big libertarian but he said kevin mccarthy is one of the biggest liars out there and he lies all the time so this is where they are matt gates though the problem is that matt gates is not the best messenger there's a lot of people that don't like the guy they think he's a blowhard they think he's always looking to put his mug on television so he, it, it it's good that he's getting other people to speak on his on his behalf and obviously it's going to really come down to like well tom massey let's jump into tom massey here what he's saying right now one of three one of three conservatives who were placed there 
out of trust. The speaker gave us a blocking position by putting three of us on there to keep an eye on the rules committee, to make sure the process was fair and even. I can tell you it's been fair and even. None of us are voting against the speaker today. Regular order is at odds with predetermined outcomes. Yet the speaker is, is being accused of not holding to regular order and predetermined outcomes at the same time. It is not possible. You cannot be for both at the same time. I was a party to the January agreement, and I can tell you that there were promises in there, but, but there was never a promise for an outcome. There was never a promise that you could force Joe Biden to sign something. There was only the promise that we would try, and try we have. We have tried in the Rules Committee. We have tried on the floor. We've been trying this since the summer. And there's enough blame to go around for why we don't have 12 bills. But part of it was a relitigation of the debt limit deal. By the way, there was no promise on the debt limit deal. No conditions on that in January. Zero whatsoever. I was in the room for that. So the 12 bills were delayed over what? $100 billion. That's a lot of money. But it's nothing compared to the $2 trillion that I came here to object to when Speaker Pelosi and President Trump pushed that bill through. We've had over 500 amendments. Listen, this is a, this is a referendum on this institution. We have tried regular order. Speaker McCarthy has tried regular order. If regular order fails today, if you vacate the speaker, nobody is going to try Gentleman's it again. time has expired. This institution will fail. Please do not vacate the speaker. Tom, Tom Massey there with a vote to keep McCarthy as speaker. I love Tom Massey, but I disagree with him on this point. Gentleman from Florida. I reserve. Gentleman from Florida reserves his time. Gentleman from Oklahoma, Mr. Cole. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Speaker. I yield two minutes to my very good friend from California, Mr. McClintock. Gentleman from All right, California. here's what we do. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll have more of this. We'll jump in and out as this vote is underway. Um, here we are, live, afternoon drive, real time. This is going on. And <laughs> you can weigh in as well. What are your thoughts? Let me know. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Would you like to see McCarthy go? Would you like to see McCarthy stay? Give me your your thoughts. You can also tweet as well on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Coming right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. 
All right, so should I stay or should I go? That's Kevin McCarthy. It's not a, it's his call, obviously. There's going to be uh, a vote. There's a vote underway right now uh, whether or not to oust Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. The speeches are going on. They might go on for some time now. I don't know how long they'll go on. We'll jump in and out of this, but obviously there's, there's a lot of things to get to today. It's a very, very busy day. Uh, but it's not every day you have a situation where you have, uh, you know, the, this motion to vacate the chair. So there, there you go. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I, 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 you listen to Jim Jordan talk and you listen to Tom Massey. These are guys I respect greatly. I, I really do. I respect them and they make great points about the oversight. They make great points about the weaponization of government committee. But remember something, and this is the key, uh, those things would happen regardless of Kevin McCarthy. You know, if there was another speaker, those things all still happen. You know, it's not like another Republican would kill the oversight committee that's investigating Joe Biden. It's not like another speaker would turn around and would say, uh, forget the weaponization of government committee. We want the government to keep going after our citizens. So, you know, I mean, that, that's 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 the reality here. That's the situation. But there's a lot to this. I mean, there's a lot to this, and people, a lot of people don't like Matt Gates. I mean, just to be honest with you, Matt Gates, for a lot of people, view the guy as a clown uh, among his colleagues. They think that the guy is a grandstander, and they think that the guy is, is, uh, is kind of full of it. So he may not be the right messenger for this. But let me play you a couple little things here. Kevin McCarthy has not said anything yet uh, today during this vote. He did say earlier today, though, that he does think that he's going to survive. He was on Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan over the weekend, and uh, he reiterated that as well today. He thinks he will survive this today. Cut 16. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh, there is a lot to get to with you. I want to start, though, on the news this morning from Congressman Matt Gates, who says he's going to uh, seek a motion to vacate. He's going to try to oust you as Speaker of the House. Well, that, that's nothing new. He's tried to do that from the moment I ran for office. Look. Well, this time he says he's going to keep going. May not get there before the 15th ballot, but it took 15 for Kevin McCarthy. He okay. says he's coming for you. Can you survive? Yes, I'll survive. You know, this is personal with Matt. Matt voted against the most conservative ability to um, protect our border, secure our border. He's more interested in securing TV interviews than doing something. He wanted to push us into a shutdown, even threatening his own district with all the military people there who would not be paid only because he wants to take this motion. So be it. Bring it on. Let's get over with it. And let's start governing. If he's upset because he tried to push us in a shutdown and I made sure government didn't shut down, then let's have that fight. Let's jump in again. Steve Scalise is speaking, obviously one of the most respected uh, members of the House Congressman Steve Scalise appropriations bills. Yes. Making that happen overnight is not something that happens automatically. But it started to happen, and we are now seeing the fruits of it. Just last week, we had four different appropriations bills on this House floor. Four different ones. Now, those bills took weeks and weeks to finally get to the floor, going through an open committee process, hundreds of amendments, each one of them, where Republicans, Democrats could bring their ideas. And we debated those bills on the floor, some until after midnight where members could actually participate in the process. This has been a broken process for a long time, but it's a process where we, if we're going to confront the problems that families are facing, because right now we need to resolve our differences inside this House chamber. 
before we can then go and fight for those families who are struggling. But every single day across America, families are struggling with real problems that we're going to have to get back to solving. And those problems are real for them. It's inflation. It's the economy. It's high energy costs. It's an open southern border that doesn't just affect the border states. It's affecting every state, Republican districts, Democrat districts. Everybody knows it. And it can be ignored by the White House, but this House is the only body that started to take action. When we, with H.R. 2, and then with the border bill last week, and with over the action we took last week, over 70% of government funding passed out of the House. However, everybody voted, Republican or Democrat, this House passed funding for over 70% of the federal government's operation, and it's sitting over in the Senate where they've passed zero. And we're going to beat up each other and talk about our internal processes, and we need to get our internal processes working better. But you know what? So does that other body over there, and so does the White House. Everybody in this town needs to be engaged in addressing these problems. But if we don't start here, and if we don't focus these next 45 days, because that's what we've got in front of us. We've got two bills this week. We've got two more appropriations bills next week. And if we're going to be confronting those, we've got to stay focused on our mission. What the other side does, let's continue to put pressure on them. But we also need to put pressure on ourselves to do our job. And Speaker McCarthy's been leading at the top of the level to make sure that we have the tools to do our jobs in a different way than the House has done it before. This House is going to have to continue to make those changes. But the American people sent us here to confront those problems. We're finally starting to. This isn't the time to slow that process down. We need to keep doing our work. We need to keep fighting for those families who are struggling. But so does the Senate, and so does the White House as well. Let's keep doing this work that we were sent here to do. I yield back. Gentleman from Florida is recognized with seven and three quarter minutes remaining. Mr. Cole commands. All right. So uh, obviously back and forth, back and forth on this. This is going to go on for some time here. Uh, Steve Scalise is the House Majority Leader, so he's obviously with Kevin McCarthy. I, my sense is McCarthy survives this. It won't be close, but I think it will survive this. And Matt Gates even conceded the only way he gets rid of McCarthy is if 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 Democrats join in. To that end, though, then then McCarthy's got some problems because there's a number of Democrats who also want to see him go, which could ultimately plunge the House into chaos. So a lot of the people that are saying no to this, it's not that they like McCarthy. It's that they're afraid that this is going to plunge the House into absolute chaos. And, and that's what's happening. I'll give an example. Representative Tom McClintock of California criticizing Representative Matt Gates over that exact plan, over that exact reason. Cut number 10. Cut 10. We are faced with the threat that a Republican will move to vacate the Republican Speaker of the House. It will only require four other Republican members to join the Democrats to achieve this result. The immediate effect will be to paralyze the House indefinitely because no other business can be taken up until a replacement is elected. Just when we are on the verge of completing the appropriations process that in turn We'll finally initiate discussions with the Senate that are vital to change the dangerous path that our country is on. 
I cannot conceive of a more counterproductive and self-destructive course than that. The supreme irony is that this is being initiated by self-described conservatives. Do they honestly believe that when the Democrats side with them to remove a Republican speaker, that they will then side with them to name a more conservative replacement? Of course not. The Democrats will certainly recruit the most liberal Republicans to establish a left-of-center coalition to run the House. So that's that's the other argument, too, with with this entire action, which is that the only way you get this done is if you get Democrats in there and then that that plunges the House into chaos. So even people that don't like McCarthy right now are, are hesitant about that because of that situation. And that's where we are right now. 855-839-1210 is the number. Here is, uh, and, and here's Gates conceding that point to Jake Tapper, that Democrats need to join in here to get rid of McCarthy. Cut 12. Democratic votes to kick him out. Uh, absolutely, I will make no deal with Democrats and concede no terms to them. I actually think Democrats should vote against Speaker McCarthy for free. I don't think I should have to deal with oh, so anything. so you're not going to cut any deals with them? Absolutely not. And I don't think that uh, any Republicans uh, that ha- share my view on Speaker McCarthy would cut deals with Democrats. But here's the thing. I'm done owning Kevin McCarthy. Right? We made a deal at the end of Jan- or in January to allow him to assume the speakership. And I'm not owning him anymore because he doesn't tell the truth. And so if Democrats want to own Kevin McCarthy by bailing him out, I can't stop him. But then he'll be their speaker, not mine. To that end, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said she would absolutely vote to oust Speaker Kevin McCarthy. She was on with Jake Tapper on State of the Union, cut 14. You just heard Congressman Matt Gates say he's going to move to oust McCarthy as Speaker this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a motion to vacate the chair comes to the floor, how would you vote? Well, uh, my vote beginning this term for, for Speaker of the House was for Hakeem Jeffries. And I do not intend on voting for a Republican Speaker of the House, but... Uh, I believe that it's up to the Republican conference to determine their own leadership and deal with their own problems. But it's not up to Democrats to save Republicans, from themselves especially. So do you you think that there will be any Democrats that might vote to save McCarthy? I mean, I I certainly don't think that uh, we would expect to see that unless there's a real conversation between the Republican and Democratic caucuses and Republican and Democratic leadership about what that would mean. But I don't think we give up votes for free. And do you, but would you vote to vacate? Would you vote to get rid of McCarthy as speaker? Would I cast that vote? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Kevin McCarthy is a very weak speaker. Uh, He clearly has lost control of his caucus. He has brought the United States and millions of Americans to the brink, waiting until the final hour uh, to to, um, keep the government open. And even then, only issuing a 45-day extension. So we're going to be right back in this place in November. And, uh, you know, I think that our main priority has to be the American people and what's going to keep our, our governance in a cohesive and strong place. But unless Kevin McCarthy asks for a vote, again, I don't think we give something away for free. Okay, there we go. There we go right now. The debate is continuing underway here to oust Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. We'll continue to check in and check out on this. Also, there's breaking news in Philadelphia regarding that uh, that thug who jumped on the car, that woman's car when she had her two little kids in the back. Plus, Donald Trump today back in court in New York. Uh, breaking news on that as well. A judge has just ordered him to keep his mouth shut, not to comment on the judge or the staff in the fraud case. That just 
just happened a few moments ago. So we got a ton of breaking news here on the Afternoon Drive show, which is why I'm glad to be back in Afternoon Drive with you. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, 855-839-1210. If you want to call the show, give me your take. Should Kevin McCarthy stay or should he go? Yes, Matt DeSantis will answer the phones today, I promise. Even though he doesn't like to, he'll do it. And uh, we'll also talk about Justin Trudeau as well. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right. Yeah, there's change. I don't know if the change is going to go through or not, but we will see. We will see. Uh, All right. So bottom line is this. The debate underway to vote to oust Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House of Representatives is happening as we speak. Uh, Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. My guess is McCarthy survives, but not by much. And the problem right now is that they don't have a person that they'd put in place so then if you're nervous about getting rid of mccarthy because you're worried about chaos and the democrats getting in well then then that's a legitimate concern because they don't have somebody who's jumping up to be speaker they don't want they don't want it to be matt gates so this is the political dynamics that are underway right now mccarthy is i think he's the worst i really do i was so disappointed when they named him speaker i really was i was so disappointed i'd love it to be byron donald's but even Byron Donalds doesn't know if he's going to remove, if they're going to remove Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Even Byron Donalds, who I love to death, who I think is one of the greatest, who came out the other day and said the Republicans got nothing, absolutely nothing, when they decided to keep the government open. Even even he was t- talking to Jake Tapper about it, and even he said, you know, I don't, I don't know. Or maybe he was talking to uh, Shannon Bream on Fox News Sunday about that. Uh, cut 13. If there's a motion to vacate, would you vote against the speaker, and do you think Democrats would help you do that? Oh, frankly, I don't know right now. I got to really think about that because there's a lot of stuff going on in that building that's behind us. What Democrats do, I can't even speak to it right now. They don't even want to take care of the key thing in this country, securing our border and frankly, getting our government to just do its job and no more. All right. Uh, 855-839-1210. Ted is in Swarthmore. Ted, what's going on? Hey, Rich. How you doing? Hey, I just want to let you know, I graduated from the Rich Scioli School of Politics. And I agreed with Rich a long time ago. Kevin, Kevin McCarthy is a dog. He's a dog. He'll flip, they'll roll over and play dead, and he just did. When, 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 the, when the Republicans didn't take over the House and everybody's hair was on fire, I said it was the best thing that ever happened because there's going to be 20 Republicans that they're going to have to deal with. If we got 40 in there, they wouldn't care a lick about the 20 that are there. Kevin McCarthy is a liar and a dog, no question about it. And he rolled over again with this latest battle. I mean, it wasn't even a battle. It wasn't even a battle. We didn't keep the government open for or close the government for a day. He didn't he didn't even keep the government shut down for a day. There was nothing. The, the, the guy's no poker face. Republicans got nothing, nothing out of it. Nothing. Well, he's he's he uh I also heard before and someone uh with a great mind said this once. Do you know that the the uh the uh, government shuts down every Friday. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> they actually, they shut down for the whole weekend. It's amazing how that works. Right? Yes, they do. And then when they go away on vacation, they shut down again. <laughs> Ted, thanks, buddy. Have so, a great day. You Appreciate got it. it. See you this. See you Friday. See you Friday. Rob's in West Deptford next Friday at the Grand Hotel. Next Friday, Rob. What's going on, man? Yeah, thank you. I, I like McCarthy I, because he's sane and he's balanced. But I also agree with what Gates said about having a budget, about getting stuff done. But So he's right. But I do like McCarthy. He's saying he's balanced. I, I don't know. 
What do you mean he's sane and balanced? Like, what what is what does insane and unbalanced mean? Uh, I consider insane stuff like um, uh, Trump supporters. Trump supporters. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But I'm I'm definitely voting Republican. This this come this in twenty four, and I'm a Democrat for twenty years since that weapons war in Iraq. I left the uh, Republicans then. But I so, just think he's saying he's balanced. He, he he's getting things done. He's reducing this. He's reducing. When you leave the government closed like that, a lot of people suffer. I I firsthand I can tell you. Because if the SNAP benefits run out for people that need it, I have to help out out of my pocket. And I'm just getting by, and I'm doing well. So I have to help out people that when this government shuts down. They don't look at that. Not, people don't understand the poverty. I just had two little kids. I, anyway, when they shut it down and, and, and poor people that need the help get hurt, that's, then it comes out of my pocket. That's what ticks me off. That's why I want to see everything going not shutting down continually. Even if it's a continuing resolution, don't shut it down. If you can do, shut it down for just a day or two. All right. Floors to you. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. But before I let you go, though, you said you think Trump supporters are insane, but you also said you're going to vote Republican. So if Trump's the nominee, are you going to vote for him? No, third, third party candidate. Well, that's, that's throwing your vote away. What, what do you mean? I, I mean, you're throwing your vote away if you vote third party. How do you know? Because the third party candidate is not going to win. Historically, yes. No. But this is a I historic can, I, moment. No, no, no. The, the, the third party candidate is not going to win, period. The political structure in this country is set up for two political parties, not for a third party. I agree. Period. I agree with you. So Historically, why would you waste your vote on a third party? I, I was listening to the Republican that was talking for McCarthy, and what he said was that people elect them to get things done, and he was getting things done. If we have to go through this and that, so Republicans are going to leave, I'm thinking. And, and if that happens, you'll get a third-party candidate. The third-party candidate's going to lose. The third-party candidate for president is going to lose, and the only question is, who are they going to hurt, Trump or Biden, if it winds up being Biden, which I don't think it's going to be, but it's only a matter of who they pull the votes you're, from. You're right. Okay, you're right. I will definitely think about that one before I go ahead and do it. You're right. I don't want Biden in there, I'll be honest with you. I don't want him in there. Forget it. I'll take Trump over him. But All right, Rob. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. 855-839-1210. Look, I've been in politics a long time in my life. I was a Republican county chairman. The, 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 this country is set up for two political parties. And the reason why is because if you look at the local municipal level, it is all Republican Democrat with party ward leaders and chairs and third parties don't have that. And that they can't drive the vote that way. And that's the problem. And a, a third party candidate cannot win. I wish I wish it could. But I wish there's lots of things I wish. I wish I win Powerball. I wish I could get my daughter a unicorn because she really wants one. There's lots of things I wish. Not even a pony, Matt DeSantis. She wants a unicorn. And I understand, <laughs> by the way, that if Vermin Supreme becomes the president, my daughter will get a pony, which is nice. Yeah, it's at least worth considering then voting uh, <laughs> voting for old Vermin. Yes, right. But he won't <laughs> give my daughter a unicorn, so no. screw that guy. No, just a pony. What is Diverger's Law? You just texted me Diverger's Law. It's Duverger's Law. Oh, Duverger's Law. Sorry, you elitist Harvard jacket. <laughs> 
What is that now? It's that um, in a political system where there's only going to be one winner, two parties tend to emerge. So it's basically impossible for a third party to emerge and become competitive. Duverger's law. Yes. Who's Duverger, by the way? A political scientist. Very nice. Look at you. Look at Matt DeSant. Look at the big brains on Matt. (laughs) Well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. And thank you, Duverger, for making me look intelligent. Thank you, Duverger, for making Matt DeSantis look not at all like an elitist with a Harvard education. <laughs> uh, it's Duverger, actually. Yeah, I love that he corrects me and goes, Duverger. I, I, I just wanted to make sure it was pronounced correctly. Yeah, why? Because if we said Diverger's Law, like what? Like people would have been driving home on the school and be like, that's it, I'm changing the station. He's the guy, it's a Duverger's Law. Somebody would have called in and said, yeah, that's not how you pronounce Maurice Duverger's last yeah, name. Yeah, Rich, actually, now that you said that, I, I probably would have been that guy had I know had I known how it was pronounced. I'm like, it's Duverger. <laughs> people don't know anything. I'm changing the channel. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't like no French people. Is Duverger French? <laughs> Yeah, he's a French political scientist. Yeah, you see? I mean, come on. They, they, they haven't been a world power since Napoleon. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right? But there's Duverger's law in Zioli's axiom, which is that third-party candidates can't win. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Speaking of which, I wonder if Robert F. Kennedy is going to announce he's running third-party next week in Philadelphia. He'll be in on the 9th. Well, he won't be in on the show. We're working on it, but he'll be in Philadelphia October 9th to make a big announcement. So we shall see. Uh, all right. The debate is underway. It continues. God only knows how long this is going to go. But we're with you till 7 o'clock tonight, and it's Red October. So we're also going to talk about the Phillies. John Brazier is going to stop by. We're also going to talk about uh, well, lots of things. We have lots to chat about, including the latest on what happened in Philadelphia. The latest with this ruling now gagging former President Donald Trump. Yet again, another attempt by this judge to deprive him of his First Amendment rights, which is particularly troubling since he is a candidate for the presidency and needs to be able to go out there and explain to people his side of the story and what he thinks and he should have opinions about the judge and he should be allowed to have those opinions about the judge because he's not just a guy in court he's a guy who's running for president of the united states of america and he has a first amendment right to say those things and this again is another situation where the judge is depriving him of his rights so the debate is underway we'll continue to follow this for you 855-839-1210 on twitter at rich zioli coming right back Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing, NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 